You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Let's get it going on the Locked On Royals Padres crossover. I'm Rylan Stiles, host of Lockdown Royals. We're joined by Javier Reyes, host of Lockdown Padres. You can follow me on Twitter at Rylan underscore Stiles. Follow the show on Twitter, though. Lockdown Royals is where I'm going to do all my baseball tweeting this year. Uh, Javi can be found on Twitter at Javapeno. And his podcast is also on Twitter at LO Padres. Javi, it's opening week. How are we feeling? I'm feeling relieved. Uh, you know, we've been doing this show for a while. You know, we got back into session and whatnot, like a, a, like a couple months ago, beginning of February or something along those lines. And, you know, there's a lot to talk about for sure. But then at some point it becomes like, all right, like, like, let's let's get the show on the road. Like, let's see what's going on. I mean, there's so many storylines every year with baseball, which is what's so fun. Right. Like, there's so much like nerdy stuff that you can get into. Even if a team's bad, you can be like, oh, let me go see how this player is doing. You can do fantasy drafts, all that stuff. And with this past offseason, there was a lot. I mean, it was a pretty, pretty great uh, free agency class, I think, which was awesome about it. Um, unlike next year's, which might just be uh, Otani versus the world, and that's it. But, you know, we had a big one. And I know for the Padres, it was awesome. And then on top of that, we did have the, the World Baseball Classic, which is a great appetizer to, like, kind of, you know, satiate us just a little bit, satiate the, the desire, the, the, the thirst for baseball action. And now we're here and it's going to be wild because I always feel great about just having the baseball as like a complimentary thing. And, you know, there's, there's other, you know, we got the new rules, so that should be a lot of fun. I'm just, I'm really excited, especially because of my team, the San Diego Padres. But uh, I think that it's, I've had a lot of vibes for a bunch of different reasons that this is going to be a good season. So hopefully that uh, transpires and happens, man. I hope that that transpires. I hope that that happens. I wish everyone all the best in their incredible, awesome season ahead. But Javi, it's time to get down to business. Let's get down to business to talk about baseball now. Javi, we recently did a Locked On Podcast Network power rankings. And we're going to put it up there right now for you. Javi, here it goes. Braves earned the number one spot. And then it's Padres, Astros, Mets, Dodgers, Yankees, Phillies, Blue Jays, Mariners, Guardians. Top 10 rankings for those. 11 through 20, Cardinals, Rays, Twins, Angels, Brewers, White Sox, Rangers, Orioles, Giants, D-backs. And then 21 through 30, Red Sox, Cubs, Marlins, Royals, Pirates, Reds, Rockies, Tigers, Athletics, Nationals. Athletics, 29, Nationals, 30. So we're going to cover it from <coughs> 1 through 30, Javi. Let's start with your Padres because they're number two in these power rankings. Did we get it right or did we get it wrong? <sighs> it's a great question. It's a great question, my friend. I think that, look, from my perspective, I'm very excited about this Padres season. I have been getting a little bit of cold feet about it just because, you know, I just think fundamentally I've always just 
been following baseball and knowing that it takes so much to win a team for, for a team to win. And usually having depth is what kind of pans out. Don't get me wrong. You need to sign your stars. Uh, I, I don't want to start defending the teams that only have depth, but then they have no like, you know, five win players. Right. And that stuff matters. And you see that it matters in the playoffs all the time. You see who ends up making the world series and all that stuff. But I do worry just a tad bit about the Padres depth. Um, and that's why I think personally that I do not think that they should be number two. I think the Ashers are better. And I think the Ashers have also earned a degree of trust. I understand people are freaking out. Justin Verlander left. Jose Altuve's hurt. Um, but still, <clears throat> and they, they probably have another injury that I'm forgetting about um, off the top of my head right now. But, you know, you still got Bregman. You still got Tucker. You still got Jordan. They brought in Jose Abreu. Christian Javier and Framber Valdez are great. Like, I think that they'll figure out a way. I'm not saying that it's they're going to be just as good, but I just think that they deserve a little bit of leeway there. And I think the Mets as well uh, deserve a lot. I mean, they basically replaced Jacob deGrom with Justin Verlander, which I think is a fine, you know, lateral move, uh, especially considering the health stuff with deGrom. And their team is still as highly paid and as electric as ever. It would have been cooler if they were able to bring on um, Carlos Correa to play third base for them. But I do think that they have some prospects that are probably going to pan out. I think that like you're, they have, what's his name? Um, Francisco Alvarez. They've got Brett Beatty. Um, I think those guys are going to come up at some point and be those like second half breakouts that really take the team a little bit farther. So I put the Mets above too. And I wouldn't hate putting the Dodgers above the Padres. I, I know that that sounds like blasphemy to Padres fans listening, but I know it's just, just it's too good to be true, Rylan. You know, it's too good to be true. I don't, I'm not, I don't care that, you know, Trey Turner left. I don't care. I just, I, I, I understand the issues here. I get it. But I'm looking at Miguel Vargas. I'm looking at Jason Hayward randomly figuring out how to swing again. I just think that they deserve a little, little bit of a, little bit of a benefit of the doubt. Um, and I think that the idea that they are falling apart and that they're mid is a little bit too much for me. So that's just how I feel. And to be quite honest with you, the Atlanta Braves is the other team who we ranked number one. Uh, not us, literally. This was a you know collaborative thing by every lockdown LB host, as you mentioned. But the Braves are freaking stacked. And I think that it's fine if you think they're the best team in baseball on top of all their young talent, right? Like their depth is crazy. And there's going to be some new random rookie of the year, like Michael Harris, probably, right? That just is awesome for them. So looking forward to how, how all that transpires. But yeah, man, that's just kind of my, my, my preliminary thoughts. What about you? Yeah, so I've got to be the champion for the Padres on this podcast, which I didn't think was uh, going to be my role in all of this. But I, I think what's happening is you've flown too close to the sun, so to say. Like you, mm. you are too close to the situation, and thus it makes you nervous. It makes you kind of go, I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen, Jim. And for me, <laughs> I just can look at it without the fear or like the, well, what if it doesn't work out? It's, it's kind of like being a Chiefs fan of like, yeah, I've watched Alex Smith and Brody Croyle and all these other quarterbacks and all these other teams where they just sucked or they just weren't good mm -hmm. or they were good in the regular season and they choked. And that and now that Mahomes is here to save the day, I still get that worry of like, oh, maybe they're not going to win this game. And all my other friends that aren't Chiefs fans are like, what are you talking about? Dude, the Chiefs are incredible. They're going to win the game. And then they obviously do win the game and they do win the Super Bowl again. But uh, I say that to say this. I think that you're just too close and too scared. 
The Padres, mm. I think, are one of the best teams in baseball without a doubt. Uh, I, I do think that we do have some things wrong here as a collective group. Rem remember, this is all the host voting and then an average out, all that good stuff. I think that the, that the Braves are not the number one team in baseball. I would slide the Astros up from three to one, as you see on your screen. I'd slide the Astros up from three to one. I would then move the Padres down from two to three, move the Mets up to two, uh, and then the Dodgers below the Yankees for me, and mm. then Phillies, Blue Jays, Mariners, Guardians. I, I don't really have too much of a qualm with that. I would say um, I think that the Cardinals should be in the top ten. Um, I think that mm. I would put them above the Guardians. I think that their lineup is just studful. The problem is – their pitching staff does not look very good, but their lineup is, looks just looks incredible. Um, you think you think the Cardinals relying on forty year old Wainwright is it good? Is that what you're trying to tell me? Is, yeah, that, not is that what great. you mean? Not great. <laughs> it's a, I, I, they've had the same problem for going on like four seasons now, and they just seemingly refuse to address it, which I almost admire, but I don't know what the heck is going on with the Cardinals and refusing to get a pitcher. It's just it's very weird. Stephen Matz, guys, that was your big move. And no, I do like Jordan Montgomery, but anyway, go on, go on. So like that, that would be my top 10 would include the Cardinals would bump out the guardians. It would move the Mets and Astros up to one and two, move the Braves down, uh, move the Yankees up one spot. And then that's kind of it. Um, now 12 through 30, really, uh, there, there's some minor little tweaks that you can make here and there. Like for me, I think that the twins are better than the Rays, but I understand I understand that the Rays pedigree tells us, hey, they're mm -hmm. going to figure it out. On paper, they might look, might not look great, but they're going to somehow be great. Um, but I just think that this Twins team, I love the depth that they've built with their pitching staff. Um, I love that if, if Buxton stays healthy, it's a big if of what he can bring. Um, and I would just have him 12 over 13. But, like, again, that's just so, you know, semantics-based uh, in all of this. I'd put the White Sox over the Brewers. I don't like the Brewers at all. I'd put the Rangers over the Brewers. Um, I'd put the Rangers over the Angels as well, despite them having two of the best players in baseball, if not the two best players in baseball. Uh, Oof, yeah. Tough break for the Angels homies. If you're listening, by any chance, trust me, I feel for you. I'm sorry. So what do you think is messed up from 11 to 20? 11 to 20, I don't like Baltimore. And the reason why is because I just don't like teams – that the entire reason we're excited for them is mostly because of their young guys. So, you know, Gunnar Henderson probably going to be a stud, but we also said that with Wander Franco, and I still think Wander Franco is going to be a stud, but the immediacy and the assuming that they're rookie of the year at the end, I don't like heading into a season like that as the reason for why a team will be good. Um, Adley Rutschman was good immediately. Uh, he was the top prospect for a long time. He's awesome. Probably going to cement himself as the best catcher in the game probably by the end of the year. Um, but I hate that all they did was bring in Adam Frazier, uh, who is a bench player that you feel great about as a bench player, but he doesn't do too much with the glove. He's not a very good hitter. Padres fans definitely are familiar with him. And uh, similar to the Cardinals, literally all you had to do was just bring in some arms. And with the news that Grayson Rodriguez is getting sent down, who's their top pitching prospect, he's getting sent back down, which is, which really stinks. I know everybody's gushing over those videos of people who got promoted, but you know, there's the other side of things and him getting sent down after not being awesome in spring. Literally the Orioles pre him getting sent down. Everybody's top pitcher predicted on that team was Grayson Rodriguez. It's never a good sign that a rookie 
you know, 22 year old or however old Grayson Rodriguez is, is supposed to be the ace of your staff year one. That's crazy. And to me, it's just malpractice from the side of the Orioles who are still not spending any money for you to not go out there and at least just bring in some guys who could throw innings. I don't know how that they how they didn't get Michael Waka. I don't care if you had to overpay because you're not spending any money anyway. So for me, the or, uh, the Orioles, while 18 isn't like some high ranking, I would much prefer someone like San Fran. I'd much prefer someone like the Diamondbacks. And to be quite honest with you, in a strange way, I might even prefer the Red Sox. I know it sounds crazy. I might even prefer the damn Cubs. The damn Marlins, I might prefer, because at least those teams, especially in the case of you know the Marlins and the D-backs, it feels like they address some needs, especially the Marlins. Not in the best way you could. Don't get me wrong. Uh, I know Marlins fans are infuriated by how that team refuses to just go out and get a big bat. But they do have that rotation. There's something more solidified about the Marlins. So, again, I think the Orioles, they're just exciting people a little bit too much. Um, they're fun. They're great. I like their young guys, but... Not this year. You can't be starting Dean Kramer or Kyle Gibson or whoever it is on opening day. I expect me to be all in on our team. I'm going to pose an interesting question for you after the break about these power rankings. And we're going to dive into where the Royals rank in these power rankings. But Mm. I want to tell you right now about our good friends over at LinkedIn, folks. LinkedIn's incredible. LinkedIn is where you want to be. We're both linked into this podcast right now. LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnLB. Post your job for free over there. Javi, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people to fire faster and for free. So check it out today. Then add your job in uh, purple hashtag we're hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you're hiring. With simple tools like screening questions, it makes focusing on the candidates that are just right for you uh, better than ever. And you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one. In delivering qualified hires versus the leading competitors, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free. LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnMLB. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnMLB. LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnMLB. Post your job for free. Terms and conditions do apply. We're back on the Lockdown Royals, Lockdown Padres crossover podcast. Folks, folks, it's opening week. Opening day is on Thursday. Mm-hmm. Get ready for the baseball season <clears throat> with Lockdown MLB Ultimate Six Episode Season Preview. Our local and national experts give in-depth analysis of each team and division in a way only Lockdown can provide. Find all six episodes on the Lockdown MLB feed on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast from. Those hosts hobby mm. are who created these power rankings including mm. you and i mm. um the first question i'll pose to you before we get into the royals hobby everything you just said about the orioles could you not say about the guardians <sighs> no i don't think you can say that um i think the guardians while there are some questions i know that the, there's some things with um my boy tristan mckenzie who i slandered on twitter two years ago and I still feel horrible about it. And I feel so bad because he's such a cool guy and I love watching him pitch. He might've gotten a little bit Cosmer. No, I do not feel bad for Eric Cosmer Um, with Tristan McKenzie. Cause at least the McKenzie thing was unearned for those who don't know. I tweeted a while ago 
there's a picture of Tristan Bikedzi after a start pointing to his veins, doing the like ice in his veins thing. And I posted that picture. And then next to it was a stat line for the day. And it was like two innings, eight runs. And I just felt like it was so mean for a guy that just doesn't deserve it. And I felt really bad about that. But with the Guardians, I will say that their rotation has a couple questions with their Savale and whoever the other guy is, the guy who broke protocol that one year, along with Clevenger. I forgot his name um, off the top of my head. But there are some questions with their back-end guys. But I still like them as innings eaters. Same thing goes for former Padre Cal Quantrill. And I do like their offense. I just think that they know what they are, which is Jose Ramirez is going to be a slugging king, as he always is, an MVP candidate. And then you've got guys like Stephen Kwan. I like the Josh Bell edition, even though he wasn't great for the Padres. They have one of the better closures in the game, and they have just a boatload of arms. Like, they'll find a way. That's the other thing. Like, by the end of the year, it would not surprise me if there's just some new arm in that bullpen of theirs that just kind of, you know, steps up and is a big piece for them. I just really like it. And also, not to mention that their division – they're going to be able to beat up likely on some pretty crummy teams. No offense to the Kansas City Royals, but you know they're in rebuilding mode, and I, I just like I feel like the Guardians are just solid, similar to Seattle, where there's not an immediate place that I can pinpoint a, uh, a flaw, and I love teams like that. It doesn't mean that they're the best in the league or that they're going to win the World Series, but just you know, as, as I said with uh, my buddy Tyden Gonzalez, another diva of the Lockdown Network. That they're like kind of like picking Mario and, and the Mario Party and Mario Kart games. Just average, solid at everything. They won't upset you, even if they won't thrill you at times. Javi, I believe you're thinking of Zach Plesak, but my yes, my, Zach Plesak, thank you. My my point here being you look at this lineup. Mm. I'm gonna read it to you based on the fan graph projections. Go for it. Age, age 25, 27, 30, 30, 25, 25, 24. 32-28. Saying they're too old. No. What are you saying, man? I'm saying that these are guys who had a good year last year bursting onto the scene. Oh, too many breakouts. Are we sure they're going to sustain it? Okay, okay. I like this. This is a If fair you're take. worried about all the whole oh the Orioles are relying too much on on youth and too much on guys uh, who who might be good, might not be good. Uh, the, the Guardians had a, all of these guys break out last year, but what if the league's figured them out? Mm, mm, mm. They are asking for a lot considering that their big bat was Josh Bell who is a player that I actually think is kind of underrated in a lot of ways. Um, I, again, I know he was bad for the Padres and the ground ball luck was atrocious and all that, but he can hit for power. He's got a good walk rate, which is awesome for me first baseman. And he's just built like the predator, which is always really fun. And I think that, you know, Andres Jimenez, who they got in return, I believe from the Francisco Lindor trade, he had a great year and Steven Kwan. I think that a player like that, like Quan specifically is just not someone who declines with his contact skills, walking more than he struck out last year. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I just don't, I don't think these type of players decline, but it is a fair point. You know, Josh Naylor, Jimenez, Steven Quan, all these guys, I would have liked if they had traded um, and made a different move. I hate that Mike Sunino is their catcher. Um, I think Sean Murphy was right there. I think he was right there at the deadline last year, and instead they let the Braves take him. I think that would have been the perfect fit for this team. It would have given them power, which is something they've struggled with. Uh, I hated that they didn't get him. He was right there, and they have more than enough farm capital to be able to trade for him, and they didn't do it. So, But again, that's Cleveland. 
and everyone's going to get excited about them and then they'll lose in the first round. But in terms of the first, the regular season, I think that they're going to be good. Um, I trust them. Okay. I just, I just tried to try to call you out in some hypocrisy here. Now let's get to the Royals. Royals rank 24. Up. Now listen, <laughs> as, as the Royals community, you can't be too mad no matter where the Royals are at. Cause they've earned any low ranking. So there's none of this whole, Oh, they're ranking us too low thing, but let's just go over it. So our host put the Royals over the nationals check. That's, that's a great job by our hosts. The athletics check. That's a great job by our hosts. The tigers. I might be biased, but I say that's a great job by our hosts. The Rockies again, great job. Reds. Great job. Pirates. Great job. I think that they got it all right of like the Royals are better than those teams. I believe. Do you have any issues with that, Javi? Um, you could argue the Rockies could go last. You know, I mean, that team is just all that they seem to do is lose. They lost Brandon Rogers, who I thought was going to be their lone all-star. Yeah, you've got Bryant, but like their pitching leaves a lot to be desired. Herman Marquez is no longer just a guy who's hurt by the course field effect. I think he's just might be just be washed, as we saw last year. He was bad on the road as well. Um, I think you can make an argument that the Rockies are the worst. Uh, although part of that might just be the vibes of the Rockies are the worst in baseball, right? Like that team is just such a mess. Um, and I, I just, I feel bad because their fans are great. Um, but they just, there's just no plan there. Um, you know, you're retaining Daniel Bard, the like one trade tip, trip you had, he's like 38 years old and you extended him for some reason. You saw him get lit up in the WBC, which wasn't great. That team doesn't know what he's doing. At least these others, even Pittsburgh, at least, like, I see something. At least I see a plan. And O'Neill Cruz, Key Brian Hayes, Brian Reynolds, that's a fun trio. Oh, I said his name. Dang it. Ah, all right. My apologies. The Pittsburgh outfielder that I just mentioned, you know, that's a, that's a fun core. And then the Royals, they have their fun kind of trio as well. I don't mind where the Royals are at. I, I think it's a solid spot. And honestly, I could see them jumping, you know, like a, a like a oh, we're Cubs, getting there, buddy. An we're Orioles. Getting there. I could see them jumping the Orioles. I really hate, like, absolutely hate. Okay, let's go through. Let's go through. Let's go through. Go ahead. Royal Royals. Okay, could they jump Miami? Yeah, sure. Anyone can jump. Miami. I think so. Could they jump the Cubs? I think that the Royals and Cubs are in a particularly good, interesting spot. I think that they're in the same spot, just like in a different way. So, like for the Royals, it comes down to like, will this young lineup figure it out? Like, like, okay. Let's look at this Royals lineup. Go with me here on this on this rabbit hole of Royals baseball. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that Bobby Witt Jr. can be a really good hitter? Yes. Do you mm-hmm. believe that MJ Melendez can be a really good hitter? Yes. Do you believe that Salvador, Salvador Perez is a really good hitter? Yes. Vinny Pascantino? Yes. Okay, so so that's a really good top four for, for a young rebuilding team. That's a really good top four. Then it comes down to, can you get a breakout from some mixture of Hunter Dozier, Kyle Isbell, Edward Livieris, Michael Massey, Nate Eaton, Drew Waters, whenever he gets healthy again, Nicky Lopez, whenever he finds his way into the mix, uh, Prado, whenever he gets called back up, whenever that may be. Like, can you get some mixture of more breakout guys coming into your lineup to more elongate this lineup from like four to five, six, seven? And then you're just looking at this bullpen. The Royals have been good at finding ways to, to build an impactful bullpen uh, to where – you feel good about the bullpen and how, the, how they're going to manage it with Ryan Yarbrough out there, with uh, Scotty Barlow. You know, they, they, they have some, some good arms out there. And then the starting rotation. While it's not going to blow you away, I think it's Zach Greinke, Jordan Lyles, uh, again, Ryan Yarbrough, depending on how they're going to use him. Ryan Yarbrough, uh, 
I think that they can give you professional starts. And then you're just hoping that uh, Singer can continue his breakout that he had last year since June 1st. Uh, Lynch can come up at some point and give you a breakout. Uh, Bubich can come in at some point, give you, give you a breakout season. And then all of a sudden you're, you're shocking the world. You're maybe, you're maybe a top 20 team in baseball uh, all of a sudden. And for the Cubs, uh, it, it's kind of the same spot, but they're doing it with guys who we've at least seen do it at the big league level before. So mm-hmm. theirs is like, what if Hosmer bounces back? What if Swanson's like a goat? What if Ian Happ is yeah. great? And, and then they're, they're pitching about staff. Swanson, man. Yeah. Can't forget about Swanson. Can't forget about him. Their pitching staff is Marcus Stroman. He used to be great. Jameis Tyone has, has that boom potential. Drew Smiley. And then they're just hoping to figure some things out at, at, the end of the, at the end of the rotation. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying, though. And, you know, year two of Seiya Suzuki, right? Quietly, like, I mean, that was the dude coming out of uh, for the Japan uh, last year. And, like, he was he started off awesome and then just completely tailed off. And he's got to adapt and get some stuff. But that's like a low-key storyline. Like, Seiya Suzuki might just be a 5-1 player this year, and it would not surprise me if it just took him a year to get used to stuff. Um, so I, I don't know what I think is fun about this list though, is look, there's going to be so much change here. I mean, there's going to be moments when the pods are number one, although again, and I do like your point about I'm too close to the sun. Cause these past few days, I've only been thinking about how things could go wrong. I've been thinking like, uh Oh, Robert Suarez, he's starting off the season on the IL. Oh no. Drew Pomeranz, he's heading to the IL. That takes away some bullpen depth. I'm scared. What if, you know, Michael Walker stinks? What if his expected stats kick in and he's bad? Like pe- many people might be predicting. He had like a whole run lower between his ERA last year and his expected ERA, which is usually not a good sign, especially for a guy who's never been really all that good before. And Waka, you know, if anything happens to Musgrove or Darvish or stuff. So I'm getting super nervous, but I think that overall, um, the list is solid, man. The list is solid. I, I don't have any hate for it. I will tell you, I have no idea how to rank the White Sox. No idea. Not a clue in the world. Because it feels like for they used to be the Padres of the American League. And then just their guys don't play. Right? Like Eloy and Luis Robert just haven't really played. And then Yasmani, it's always something with that team. Right? They're kind of like the Pelicans, to use an NBA analogy for you, of baseball. Where they have some exciting stuff and some exciting pieces. But they're just never all on the field at the same time together. There's always something going wrong for them. And this offseason with the Clevenger signing, and I guess the Benintendi signing was okay, but I could see the be good, right? I could see the Brady being good. The, the division isn't all that great. They could beat up on you guys for a couple uh, game wins, right? But I just, I don't know. 16 is kind of perfect for them, but I just, I cannot read that team. That is a stay away from me, the White Sox. Listen, the White Sox are my, I'm ready to get hurt again team, and it just so happens that they're in the you know central division so like i i enjoy it whenever i'm wrong about the white Sox because that means that it's one less good team in the royals division but like every year i'm like you know they're gonna figure it out uh they're gonna figure it out but they just don't they just don't figure it out ever and maybe this is the year and of course we're gonna root for pedro grafal and so uh maybe uh uh, maybe this will be the year maybe this this will be the time that they that they do put it together but uh it's just not great it's not great at all. It's not great at all. And look, and, and the other thing about this, these power rankings is I think that it's important to remember that someone's going to fall out, right? Like that's usually what happens every year 
it's this happens in all sports. This is a thing that I think people miss in the NFL all the time, right? Where people are like, oh, well, this team and that team, and they pencil these teams in that are going to be good, right? You know, your Padres, your Mariners, your Guardians, the Rays, the Twins. You you just pencil these things in, and you don't realize something is going to happen differently. We don't know exactly what it is, but like, for example, like the Cubs might sneak in there over the Brewers, right? And everyone's going to be like, wow, Nico Horner and some of these guys and Seiya Suzuki. It could happen. I just think that running everything up to chalk and just being like, yeah, here's the paper. Don't do not do that. It's so boring, too, by the way, to do that. You know what I'm saying? Like just to, every, every expert is predicting, you know, some of these teams to be where they are right now, right? Almost everybody, universally. So if someone comes out and says, I think the Angels are going to be better than the Cardinals, don't immediately dismiss it. I think it's funny to expect the Angels to figure out anything but in general don't hate on people for having something a little bit different than the the status quo because we really don't know what's going to happen last year everyone was down the yankees won the division and aaron judge was god right padres really bad vibes last year even worse than these dumb vibes i'm getting right now and everyone was looking at the giants you know they they came out you know guns blazing in 2020 or 2021 obviously they were the big surprise team there's going to be a surprise team and that happens every year. I don't know if it's the Twins, if it's the White Sox, whatever. But just keep that in mind. Don't be mean to people because they ranked your team low. You don't know. It's sports. This is how this works. It's fun to predict things. It is fun to predict things. We're going to predict award winners coming up. But I want to do one last exercise really quickly, Javi. Mm-hmm. Um, floor and ceiling for our respective teams. I'll go first for both of them. Uh, Padres ceiling, number one team in the MLB. Like they have the potential to be the best team in baseball. That's that's obvious. The floor for the Padres to me is like seven. Like that's like if, if everything went totally disastrous within the realm of possibility, mm. they're like the seventh best team in baseball, which is a very fun season ahead of you guys in San Diego. Uh, for the Royals, the floor is like none of these guys pan out. A couple injuries happen because you lack depth and you're like the 28th best team in baseball, which is just a blah. The, the, the ceiling for the Royals is like, you know, 17th best team in baseball like they have they have last year's orioles run well sure Mm -hmm. they don't make the playoffs but they're like a 500 ball club and they're and they're they're surprising some folks a little bit i like those i think the padres basement is just a little bit lower like maybe like 12 11 something like that um again could because i'm too close to the sun but you know xander first year down that could happen obviously with injuries and whatnot the upside, like you said, is one of the best teams out there. They give me some vibes, their lineup, similar to what a former Manny Machado team had, the Baltimore Orioles. Back in the day, they just had like that four top of the lineup that just hit a crap ton of home runs. Uh, I don't know if this is a, f- a home run type of lineup, especially taking into account Petco Park, but just it might not even matter. Like, And that's what kind of happened with the Orioles back in the day where they just had Manny, Adam Jones, Mark Trumbo, Nelson Cruz, Chris Davis, you know, different players for different years, but they had that like core of guys that would just hit them like 30 home runs. So the rest of their offense and occasionally even their pitching almost didn't matter. Right. So I think that there's a potential that with Tatis, who is allegedly going to be leading off, which is great. I think, I think that's a good spot for him and Manny and Soto and Bogarts, the four of them alone just might make a lot of this a moot point. So I think that's their upside. And for the Royals. Yeah, they could be frisky. They were really fun. Last year, especially when some of these guys started getting called up with your Vinny P, with MJ Melendez, Bobby Witt struggled defensively, but it's his second year. I think he's going to be a lot better. He could be a blast. He could go 30-30 for all you fantasy heads out there. Um, so I think that their upside is around where basically Baltimore is. That's what I'm going to use Baltimore as their landmark. So like 18, 
I think is where I could see the Royals jumping to. Cause I just, I cannot emphasize enough. I hate that pitching staff. Um, and the Royals, at least I feel like, Hey, your boy Salvador Perez, you know, the leadership, the character of that man, right. He's going to, he's going to help out. That's what's going to happen, man. And the Royals are going to be a fun little team this year. Yeah. He doesn't, he doesn't cheat and steal strikes. So we'll, we'll, we'll be able to have the integrity of baseball. Uh, but speaking of integrity, you want the integrity of a great protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar by going to billboard.com using the promo code lock 15, get 15% off your next order. Folks, Bilt Bar Madness is here, and it is awesome. And you can vote on your favorite flavors of Bilt Bar. And my personal favorite flavor of Bilt Bar is cookies and cream. Javi, what's your favorite flavor of Bilt Bar? Cherry Barcia. Cherry Barcia. I, I like that you just were quick and to the point and had no elaboration on that. <laughs> Uh, my first favorite flavor is cookie cookies and cream 130 calories 17 grams of protein four grams of sugar you can use it pre-workout post-workout or even some replacement or a snack check it out today at built.com from a code lock 15 we're back on the lockdown royals Padres crossover podcast javi it's awards it's award season and it's also fantasy season so go check out lockdown fantasy baseball for all of your fantasy needs but javi let's start in the al the al mvp is shohei otani is there any beef with that you go by FanDuel. aaron judge is the second most odd then mike trout then julio rodriguez jordan alvarez i would cut off someone like jordan um yeah he might play a couple outfield things but dh is just rarely ever get to that point for somewhat understandable reason i think jose ramirez is a great one um i think that that's my pick i i really do believe in cleveland i think that they could lead that division granted i understand but you know I just think uh, if you're if you're not going to do Otani, then Jose Ramirez is the next best one for me. Um, and, or and don't sleep on the fact that Vladdy. I mean, if not for Shohei Otani, wins that MVP ten times out of ten. Um, he was unbelievable. He, basically, he was basically Miguel Cabrera uh, two years ago. So and he was still really good last year. But I would not sleep on that possibility. Stop looking at me like that. God forbid I think maybe sports can be unpredictable. You you sniveling little royal hosting, you know, bug. <laughs> I don't even know. I can't even think no, of No, no. I'm looking at you like this because you're literally Javi Guardi. That's, that's what I'm going to call you from now on. You are the biggest Guardians fan known to man. You should <laughs> no, be hosting Lockdown Guardians. I make fun of them all the time. How dare it's you? It's terrible. Jeff um, does a great job over there, everybody. Go check it out. Yeah, Jeff and Justin do great work over there at Locked On Guardians. Um, they'll be on the podcast later on this week. Um, Cy Young. I, I have a pick that's outside the – I don't know if it's outside the box, but I do have a pick that I very, feel very confident in. Mm. I am a huge fan of this hurler. Ramber Valdez. Ooh, okay, okay. Go ahead now. Come on, come on. Get, tell the people, tell the people. I think that his stuff is electric. Mm. I think that his attitude – is electric. I think that the Astros are going to win a billion games this year. Literally a billion. They're going to. They're never going to lose. They're going to go one sixty two and zero, and they're going to never lose in the postseason. And guess who's going to be the ace of that staff when it's all said and done? This is going to be the the best the best pitcher in H Town, and who's never going to throw it into the wheelhouse. It's going to be Ramber Valdez. I actually love him and Christian Javier, but I think that Valdez is going to win the Cy Young because he is incredible he's awesome and i wish that he was on the royals i've been really good at predicting the american league Cy Young for some reason the past few years 
I predicted Dillard Cease last year. Everybody go check the tapes. I don't care. I called that one. Um, I called, I think it was two years ago. I forgot which one it was. So it was Robbie Ray. I didn't predict him, but I predicted whoever was in third place correctly. And then the year before I did, uh, well, two. I forgot who won it in 2020. I'm blanking on it. But whatever. I'm not, I'm not doing a great job hyping myself up. But I'm usually pretty good at this one. I love the lower ranked ones, um, especially if you go by FanDuel odds. For the record, Framber Valdez is plus 2,000 on FanDuel. Everybody should check that out. But Robbie Ray, who I can never escape. That is my dude. He's I don't like him as much as I used to like him because he used to be a lot more entertaining. But now he's just straight good. His velocity is back. He is one of those guys that lost a lot from his forcing fastball last year in terms of how many potential strikeouts. The Mariners are going to be a good team, so I keep an eye on him. I like the entirety of that Mariners rotation as like those sleeper bets, except for Castillo. I think Castillo is going to be good, but there's nothing surprising about him. I think Logan Gilbert could get there. And George Kirby, the type of season he had and the type of stuff that he throws last year, when you look historically at the type of seasons that those guys have and their follow-up, it's in good it's in really good company. Like I'm talking like Pedro Martinez type of company. So George Kirby's a good one. So why not? Um I don't want to pick uh Tristan McKenzie because then you're gonna call me Javi Guardians again. I'm gonna go with my boy. Um I can't do it. I can't do it. It's one of these Mariners. I'm telling you, it's one of these Mariners. I'm gonna go with Logan Gilbert. Um, as my Cy Young pick. All right. Well, there you have it. You, you, you picked Logan Gilbert as your Cy Young winner. <laughs> you picked Framber Valdez. I'm acting like you're any better than me. See what I mean, ladies and gentlemen? This is what he does. Mocks all my picks and he's like, oh, I think uh, Shohei Otani will win MVP and the guy on the Astros will be good. Congratulations. Wow, really great stuff going on the edge there. Rookie of the year. I'm going to go with Anthony Volpe. Yeah, he has all the makings for him. This is a, a player that Yankees, and I, I've literally had some people who are a little bit familiar with that organization tell me like the, how much they've loved him for like years. And that's part of why I think that they haven't signed a shortstop. You know, stacked shortstop class this past year. You even had guys like Story and Correa the previous year. Like, I think that... um that, that's a great pick. I agree with you. I'm going to go with a uh, Volpe as well. Javi sources. <laughs> that's right. That's right, man. Manager of the year in the AL. My pick. Are you ready for this? Are you ready huh. for this? Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Are you ready for this? Pedro Gafal. White Sox are going to figure it out. White Sox are going to be a playoff team, and Pedro's going to turn things around. That was my pick. That was my pick. I thought that given them losing Tony LaRusso, this is out of all the, out of all of the awards, this is the closest one in baseball to being narrative driven, I think. Um, and I think the White Sox coming off of the Tony LaRusso stuff, how bad everything's been. I think people are going to say, who the heck is this guy? And I think he's going to go out there and, and get it. Um, Mariners obviously is up there too. Some would even argue our boy should have won last year. I'm blanking on his name currently. Um, just because they broke the curse. Right. But I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I do like that one though as a sleeper pick. Definitely for the White Sox. Now comeback play of the year. I'm not going to like, I don't, I'm not going to ridicule you for your pick. Cause I don't even know who should win it, but my pick's going to be Tyler glass now, just because I think that he's an elite pitcher. And I think that he's going to be an elite pitcher this year. And whenever you uh, come back from injury, that's how you win comeback of the year by being elite. So 
from the new tower glass now. To be honest with you, I can't think of too many. One of my problems with the comeback player of the year award is it's almost entirely just, all right, this guy got injured last year and then he came back healthy. And I really hate that we ignore the guys who genuinely didn't have a great year or like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just wish it wasn't that, but it's, that's usually what it turns out to be. So that's why for comeback player of the year, I'm picking Anthony Rendon. Uh, I know you shouldn't look at spring training stuff, but he's literally entirely based on health. So I think that if he's healthy, then he wins it pretty easily. MVP of the national league. I think that this one is a just total absolute big old can of worms. And I'm going to let my NL pal Javi take the first crack at it. Of course. Uh, It's going to be Juan Soto. It's an obvious pick. He's the highest projected player. For me, my only thing to add to this, I think he cleans up the defense. Um, He was in the bottom first percentile about above average last year. Previous year, he was in the 90th percentile. Getting some some regressions to the mean, and then on top of bad bit luck was really bad. He's still hitting the ball as hard as ever. He still walks more than he strikes out by nearly 6%. It's crazy. He's Ted Williams. I think he cleans up the defense, and that's what propels him to winning the MVP. Because his total like win stats, you know, wins above replacement, I think will be helped by that. So I'm going to go with Soto. So as I said, it was a can of worms. For me, I'm between three guys. I've narrowed it down that way. Okay. Yeah, you really narrowed it down there. Yeah, good job. Thanks. Um, <laughs> I'm between Trey Turner. See, it's not so fun when, when I'm talking snack, huh? Yeah, uh-huh. Go ahead. Manny Machado and Juan Soto. Mm-hmm. And I think I've got to stay true to my my roots and pick Juan Soto because I've been hyping up the Padres the entire pod. So I'm going to go Juan Soto. There's some fun ones here, though. Matt Olson, don't forget about him, guys. I know he had a bad first year, but kind of like low-key was an MVP candidate when he was with the A's. But now that he's actually on a good team, people might pay attention. I don't don't sleep on that one. Freddie and then Acuna could go like 40-40, so... There's a lot of fun ones for it's a lot more competitive of an MVP race. I think it's as long as Otani just plays, he's the favorite and will probably win. Right. Um, but with these guys, I, it wouldn't surprise me if any of like the top ones basically up until like Matt Olson, it would not surprise me. Maybe not Pete Alonzo, but that's where I'm at. And now Cy Young. Oh no. Oh no. Oh, I love God. Zach Gallon. I'm a Zach Gallon stan. I know you are. I know you've mentioned this before. You're a big Zach Gallon fan. I'm literally, I'm literally such a Zach Gallon stan that everyone on the podcast network knows I'm a Zach Gallon stan. Like I, I, I love him. So uh, that's my pick. Let's go with. I'm gonna go with Logan Webb. Mm. I like Logan Webb. Really consistent pitcher. I think people were a year two or a year early on him. Okay. I think that the Giants defense is going to be improved, which will help things like his ERA. Um, just because, you know, the Giants defense was historically bad last year. And I really like that Giants pitching staff. I think Logan Webb's going to come out here and shove. I don't I don't hate that pick. Now, rookie of the year, I need you to help me here because I've I've hyped up the Cardinals too much on a royal show. But by <laughs> golly, but by golly, I can't take my eyes off of Jordan Walker. I think he's going to yeah. be the rookie of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, 
in the middle of recording this podcast. The Padres option, Jay Groom. Padres fans will know it's a triple A. Interesting. Um, yeah, I mean, Jordan Walker, the thing going for him, I think, is if it's true that they allegedly could have gotten Juan Soto if they just included him in a deal and they just outright refused to, there was a lot of deals that they might have been turning down for Jordan Walker. Mm-hmm. I think that usually points to, like, they they know something, they think he's going to be good. And it's the Cardinals. This isn't some team like the Rockies that they'll hold on to a prospect that everyone's like, what are you doing? Like, you know, you could have traded for someone better. Uh, I like that pick a lot. Um, and for the same similar reasons, except he wasn't necessarily in trade rumors, but because, you know, they didn't go out and do too much in the offseason, I'm going to go with Miguel Vargas uh, for the Dodgers. Um, he's been rumored for a while. I know he hasn't necessarily flashed or anything special so far. I like his odds at plus 1,000. That's my pick. And I think that this Dodgers team has a couple new faces they're going to be showing. And I think he's going to be great. So I respect that. Manager of the year for me, it's simple. Bob Melvin, because I have the Padres being the best team in baseball. So, like, I mean, he's going to have to win the award. Uh, so, but, but you, you've left the door open to where you have hyped up like four or five NL teams. So, we don't really know who's your best team in baseball going to be. So, let, let us know right now. Just the little passive aggressive jabs we've had at each other this entire podcast. <laughs> Oh, well, you you hyped up everybody. You're you're a hypocrite. You just go back and forth. Um, I mean, I love Bob Melvin, man. Like, he's so calming and so great. Um, I believe Buck Showalter won last year, which as he should have, I think. Um, man, National League Manager of the Year is weird. Um, I'm going to go Braves. No. No, yeah, I'm going by Melvin too. What am I doing? It's a Padres podcast. Come on, let's go, Melvin. It's a it's a pod, it's a Padres podcast. Always has been, always will be. Um, yeah. Comeback player of the year. Does 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 Fernando Tatis, Tatis count? I mean, I think he would. Yeah, back? but that's like too. Like, yeah, obviously it should be him. You know what I mean? Like he he's technically coming back, but I don't know if they want to give it to him for that. Yeah, but I mean, still will what about this? Good. What about Bryce Harper though? Because technically, Bryce Harper will come back midway through the year, right? Because he's injured or whatever. No, because it's based on the previous season output, and last year he was he was awesome. When he, played. He, was, he was he was awesome. Yeah. So that's this is tough. I okay okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna do I'm gonna do your strategy. I'm not gonna pick someone that was hurt or whatever, like you know, in the sense of like truly like devastationally hurt. But Joey Votto, like. He's going to come back. He's going to dip back in that fountain of youth, and he's going to be electric this year. Mm-hmm. Um, if we're not doing the Tatis one, I'm going to go with um, Tyler O'Neill of the Cardinals. A um, okay. little bit unlucky, just a tad bit last year. Got hurt really early on. Um, there's a world in which this guy is just like Keston Hira, and he just keeps striking out, and he's going to be like a 230 hitter. But he was really good defensively in 2021. I think that's part of why the Cardinals didn't necessarily make a giant move. Um, I just think that they trust him, and I think that his power and the tools are there. So I'm going to go with him. I know there's some other fun ones, but uh, I'm going to go with Tyler O'Neill. I think it'll be the one thing that I'll praise about the Cardinals. The one thing you praise about the Cardinals. I like I like that. I like that. Javi, who is your surprise playoff team, and then who is your World Series winner? Surprise playoff team, I'm going to go with the Chicago Cubs. Uh, no idea why. Um, I think mostly it has to do with... It's your second straight I think week the Cubs will start off good. I know, I know. I think the Cubs will come out 
have some good position players that break out. Pitching will be whatever. Maybe they trade for a pitcher at some point. Maybe there's someone in their farm I'm not familiar with. But the big reason for this is I think the Brewers are just going to drop out. I think it's possible that they just are like two games above 500 and then they just sell. And they're like, screw this. The Cubs are ahead of us. And then they're going to trade Burns, trade Eric Lauer, trade whoever they have, and then kind of just start a full rebuild. So that would be my surprise team. Although it doesn't feel, I don't feel super confident as much as I feel about some of my picks. I like that. I like that. Who now? Now, what was your World Series matchup again? Oh, um, let's go Pods Mariners. Pods winning. Yeah, of course. Duh. Okay. Uh, you're also you're also Javi Mary, but uh, you love the Mariners. It's embarrassing how much you love the Mariners. But uh, I'm gonna bad. go. I'm gonna go. Yeah, and okay. it's so easy, huh? Is it? Is it white? Is, is, hold on, hold on. Though I need, I need a verdict. Is it White Sox a surprise playoff team? Like, I don't think that they're. I don't think that's a surprise. I would say yeah, a little bit, okay, just because Minnesota and and Cleveland. They're my surprise playoff team. Um, and then for the World Series, I'm gonna go Padres in the NL. In the AL, Jays. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go. See what I mean? He's doing this whole podcast. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, it's unbelievable. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That threw me off while I was trying just to think. Totally I'm like deciding the between, Bev too small between, on every single thing that I do. I'm deciding between the Yankees and the Astros. Oh uh, yeah, the Yankees. They've they've showed a, a good track record of uh, beating <laughs> the Astros. So yeah, you should definitely pick them. Go ahead. Go ahead, genius. Yeah, Padres, Yankees, Yankees breakthrough. But Padres win, and Javi has the most unhinged podcast the next oh day for beating his hometown Yanks. If the pods with the world's, I haven't even thought about what the heck I'll do. Like you're gonna video, be at the I, game. You're gonna be covering the I'm game. I'm gonna be at the game, but like, like the unhinged levels, I might like get fired. Like it's gonna be one of those if the Padres win. Like I'm not even kidding. It's gonna be kind of crazy. So uh, look forward to that. I guess me getting fired. Sure. Yeah, well, hopefully you last uh, long enough to a World Series. I hope that we both do. And so from now on, you'll have me and Javi with you on Fridays to talk about all things Major League Baseball. Monday through Thursday, we'll be talking about all things Royal-specific and Padre-specific. Uh, so a lot of content from us throughout their baseball season. Until then, Javi, do you have anything left to say? I have nothing left to say, my friend. Uh, go Pods. Everybody enjoy the season. And even for the bad teams, there's some good stuff to look forward to. Or just adopt a team. Like if you're in that bottom like twenty six to twenty thirty range, adopt like a, a team that's opposite from your you know conference. So if you're AL, go NL. Just find a team. It's that's what I would recommend people. I hope that the, I hope that the Royals fan base adopts the Padres. That's what I hope happens. Um, I hope they do too. Everyone should adopt the Padres. Until then, be good. Be good